Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast. And it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers... Um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. What's up, fam? It's your kin, Black Fluid Poet, coming to you live from my humble abode of books. So, um, I haven't been very talkative with friends. I have, I've been doing a lot of what my, my, uh, my stepdaughter used to call dry texting. One word answers. How you doing? Good. Eh. What are you up to today? Not much. Um, I haven't made any phone calls. There's been some people that wanted to talk on the phone. I didn't want to talk on the phone. Um, people have invited me out places I haven't wanted to go. People have tagged me in videos that um, I'd be interested in, and I've shown no interest. Um, I've ignored emails, deadlines. Um, people's feelings. I have checked out. I've just checked out. And I, I know that it's a trauma response, right? Fight, flight, freeze. Freeze is mine. I stop. I just stop. Between the Supreme Court uh, taking away uh, governing rights of Native Americans in Oklahoma and across the country now, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, this new case that they're about to take on concerning 
whether or not the state can overturn the popular vote of its citizens if they don't like the turnout. Um, the police don't have to read you your rights. The police technically don't have to protect you. It's illegal to film police in some states now doing their job in public. And the Supreme Court plans to take on gay marriage. I believe sometime later this summer. And I, on a, on an emotional level, I quit. I have stopped. I feel like there's too much. There's too many obstacles. I am overwhelmed. I feel too weak and too small to take on such challenges. And that goes without saying. No individual could take on the government, especially the government of the United States. So, I actually feel like we are too small, too powerless and too weak to take on these challenges. I feel like we are outpowered. We are outprivileged. We don't have enough people who are trained, who are taught. I just, I'm making excuses why we should stop fighting. I am on the brink of completely giving up. By the way, Palestine is all but wiped out. I think about Syria and how 80% of Syria is in rubble and how Israel has slowly started moving into Syria. Yeah, that's, that's not in the, 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 the public news. Um, and then I think of Jalen Walker. I think of the two mass shootings that happened on the 4th of July. I think of Buffalo, the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. I think of Uvalde, Texas. And you'll have to tell you the truth, I have been slowly disintegrating since I saw, before it made the news, before it was big talk, I swear to you, this thing had maybe 50 views when I got on YouTube sometime back and saw a police officer in Minneapolis, kneeling on a black man's neck. Later learned his name is George Floyd. I saw that YouTube video before it got slammed into social media. And I remember seeing the George Floyd video on YouTube. And you could tell it was new because YouTube didn't know the dude died. You know what I mean? YouTube didn't know that George Floyd died because that's like the filmed murder of George Floyd. Um, Oh, they probably would have had like explicit warnings, yada, yada. 
but it was just a random video that came up for me. And I think after I saw that video, something inside me hardened. And I think it was my ever-expandable ability to hope. I think that the elasticity of my hope has snapped. I, th I think it's no more. Um, is it possible that it'll come back? Sure. But right now, I feel like someone who has been in a really bad marriage for decades and just found out that everything you told me was a lie. That's how I feel right now. And so I feel I, I'm taking on the blame. Like I'm feeling foolish. I'm feeling stupid for believing in my country. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling naive for having hope in the first place. I'm angry at myself for not working harder in the past, for not attending more protests, for not attending more meetings and more panels and not going and, and not running for the Board of Education, not running for local government. Like I'm, I'm really, I think I'm disappointed in myself as an American citizen simultaneously being disappointed in my nation. I see the difference, right? And I see the privilege. And what I mean by that is when I think about January 6th and I think about the small amount of security that was placed over government buildings that day and how these people, to further their agenda, were willing Willing. <laughs> Willing to have an insurrection. And I'm sure that there are many people on the left who are just as willing. But you best believe they'd have had the National Guard on the steps of the Capitol. You best believe they'd have had tear gas and rubber bullets hitting us right after the rally. Like, weapons? Could you imagine if we brought weapons to a Black Lives Matter march? Could you imagine the drama if we were walking around with zip ties and pipe bombs? What? Child. I, I... There is something about tradition that I feel needs to be addressed. There is something about control and words like biopolitics and biopower that we need to explore. I don't feel enough people know what these things are. Metamodernity is another word that comes to mind right now. And, you know, shout out to those of us who were willing to take on poverty and uh, debt by going to college. Power to us. It was worth all the debt that I have because I see you, United States. I see you. 
I see what you're doing. I see the gaslighting. I see the biopolitics moving back and forth. And I see who you're willing to leave behind. I see it happening. I see the history of queer people being wiped out of the education system before it even got started. I'm seeing the history of African Americans being wiped out of the education system. I'm seeing the education system being wiped out of the education system because there are Republicans out here suggesting that we no longer need a public educational system. While there are hundreds of thousands of kids still on free lunch. And unfortunately, I don't know how to take what I know and put it in motion. I don't know how to put the things I know into what's called praxis or, you know, practice. I don't know how to implement change as an individual to spread light on how things need to get done. There are certain things that I can do that are revolutionary. Writing my memoir is a revolutionary act. Y'all ain't read it yet, but you'll see. Putting on my eyeshadow every day is a revolutionary act. Getting out of bed every day is a revolutionary act. Loving myself is a revolutionary act. (sighs) And it is these things that conservative politics is robbing me of. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to love myself. I don't want to exist. I don't want to put on my makeup. I don't want to do anything anymore. You know, Dr. Cornel West said, Justice is what love looks like in public. And that's it for me, isn't it? I'm not seeing, experiencing, or even giving a lot of love these days. Shout out to Ava DuVernay. And I'm going to tell you why. Let me take a sip of this coffee. Mm. Ava DuVernay, if you ever hear this, you are my hero. You are my shiro. I don't know what I would do without you. You have, on so many days, saved me with the ideas that you've put forth to screenwriters and what these writers have done with your shows. Because let me tell you something. Queen Sugar has saved my sanity this, this last month. This last month, I watched, I binged the last season, the latest season of Queen Sugar. And let me tell you something. There is so much black love as black wealth, as Nikki Giovanni would put it. There is so much comfort and support and faith and hope in that show. The only thing I can't stand about it is the prayer part, but that's okay. But I want to tell you, that show has reminded me to reach back. That show has reminded me to help others. That show has reminded me who the fuck I am. And that the reason why the powers that be want to shut down the shit that I need is because they know how much of a threat I am to their way of life and their traditions that I no longer want to see occurring in my country. 
I am tired of Christians dictating how I'm supposed to live when I'm not a Christian myself. I am fed up with mediocre white men being pompous and pontificating how other people should live their lives when, bro, you barely had to break a sweat to get here. I am fed up with ignorant people decisively choosing ignorance when it comes to gender and sexuality. Read the fucking books. I'm tired of having these ridiculous discussions with people who don't know anything about the subject matter in which they're discussing. They think because they went to church last Sunday that they could tell me the problems with the transgender identity. I'm like, if you don't take your ass home, you know, just out of my face, please. I haven't wanted to read. I haven't wanted to write. I haven't wanted to care anymore. And, And let me tell you, if you ever take a deck of cards, right? And one by one, little by little every day, right? You take one card off the stack. That's still a large stack of cards. It's the 52. Instead, it's, instead of 52, it's 51. But there's one card missing. And you don't really miss that card because it looks like, you know, everything's fine. And then they take another card. And then you take another card. And then you take another card. And maybe every hour on the hour, you take a card. And two days later, you have four cards sitting as the pile. And you're like, what happened to the 48 other cards? You know what I'm saying? Like, where'd they go? That's what's happened to our damn country. That's what's happened. This is exactly how I feel. I feel like... Since Mitch McConnell started giving Obama difficulty, cards have been missing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this has been ongoing for, for, for centuries. But I mean, in, in, in recent history, I feel like as soon as Barack hit that um, second term, we was in for it. Like, like they, was, they was plotting. They were like, oh, we can't wait to get your ass. Like... It was so disrespectful to conservative America, to white supremacy, to have a black president that they're making us pay for it right now. By taking the marginalized and moving them even, not even outside the margins, y'all, they're trying to push them off the paper. You hear me? And I don't know what type of energy I need to move further on. I I don't know if this is going to take rage. I don't know if it's going to take reason. I don't know if it's going to take uh, compassion. I, I, I suppose all of the above. But I have never felt, never in my entire life, my years as a junkie, my years as a stepdad, unsure of what I was doing, my years as a new father with my son in my arms, times that I was homeless when my mother went to prison and I was 16 and didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I'm saying I have never, even during the 80s with the crack and AIDS epidemics happening simultaneously, I have never felt this fucking hopeless in my life. 
in my entire life. I have never felt this close to saying, you know, there's no hope. Never. I've never felt like this ever in my life. And I think of that conversation, not even a conversation, I think of the response that Asana, excuse me, that Angela Davis gave me at Virginia Commonwealth University when I asked her, why do you stay here when they don't want you? When you're checking your car for car bombs on your way home from Berkeley University. When Berkeley's trying to get rid of you. When uh, Reagan is trying to put you in prison and, and, and give you the death penalty. When, I mean, the homophobes, the, the, the misogynists, the misogynoir. Why stay here? When you went to the University of Berlin, you could go to Paris. You got friends all over the world. You could be in Ghana right now. You could be in Uganda. You could be anywhere. Anywhere but here. Why the hell do you stay here? And she said, what about those who can't leave? What about the people who can't leave? What then? What do we do for them? And I remember... There was a time when no black person could leave. There was a time when no black person wanted to come here. And they were here anyway. What they call that? Uh, involuntary. <laughs> I can't even finish the damn statement. Oh, Lord. Um, it was something like involuntary relocation or some shit that Texas wants to say for slavery. Um. When, you, when, when I get past the hysterical aspects of this, right? And the laughter is over for me. And I look at this mess. All I can do is just, like, not even cry, y'all. I, I just, I look at it and I'm just like, man. Man. Like, I, like yeah, if, if, if you're a dog owner, you ever came home and the toilet tissue was all over the house? And one of the potted plants got knocked over and the dirt is everywhere. And like maybe a table or a chair got knocked over and you're like, what? The entire fuck? That's how I feel this week. That's, that's exactly what I'm going through. And I think of a, a poem by Marty McConnell where she says, and I don't have enough rage for it all. That's where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at an army that are coming towards me for combat. And I don't have a glove. I don't have a bat. I don't have a helmet. I ain't got shit. And I know, <clears throat> I know that it is possible that I could get through the first three to five people. But there's hundreds. And that's how I feel about what the Supreme Court is doing. I swear to God, they're doing this on purpose. They are taking, just, they're striking while, while the metal's hot. You know what I'm saying? And they are taking on all these important issues to conservative America right now, right away. Clarence Thomas, when I see you on the street someday, sir, it's going to be on site. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, actually, Brett, you ain't off the hook either. It's going to be on site. You'll see. 
But in all seriousness, I want to tell you that we are enough. I'm going to say that one more time and I'm going to phrase it differently. You are enough. You have everything you need to survive this moment. And by need, by everything you need, I mean the ability to reach out to others who can help you through this situation. Because again, the only way to fight the individualism that is in American politics is with community. Maybe I don't have a helmet, but I know someone who does. Maybe I don't have a bat, but I know someone who does. Maybe I don't have a gun, a glove, a, a, a vest, but I know someone who does. And damn it, we are going to take this on together. And maybe I can't fight every issue. I mean, there's just so many happening all over the place. I mean, you talk about the genocide of the Congo, right? Congolese people are literally being murdered over the materials that are needed by all these other superpower countries, all these hegemonic forces. So here they go, infiltrating the Congo the same way they did South America, all over South America. Then you have Palestine. I, I, if I have to go into details about that, you are slipping. I don't even know why you listen to my podcast. My heart breaks for Syria. Seriously. And then there's here. Here, where they are slowly but surely trying to return black America to something of the 60s, something of jail and ghetto and projects and struggle. And, you know, they want to wipe out our social life. They want us to have a social death. They are tired of their police getting caught doing fuck shit. So they're going to stop us from filming instead of addressing the problems with policing. This fight is going to be long. And I'm trying not to think about how long this fight is going to be because let me tell you, I talked about depression yesterday. I mean, the last episode. So I, I want to talk about anxiety now. Where depression wants me to stay in yesterday, anxiety wants me in tomorrow. Anxiety is where I am right now. What if we can't win this battle? What if it doesn't come together for us? What if Trump comes back as president? What if, what if, what if, and my anxiety is telling me, don't try what if you do all this work and none of it comes together? And there's this hope, right, that I have that's like, but things can get better. Things always get better. And anxiety is like, but what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? What if it stays like this? Hmm. And how dare I? How dare I sit here in the comfort of my apartment surrounded by books when at one time black people could not read it was illegal for a black person to even touch a book i sit here 
with this podcast telling you my opinions, not having to fear like Medgar Evers did, not having to panic, not having to make funeral arrangements just in case Malcolm X, Dr. King. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have privilege in comparison to my ancestors. Where I am in my life is a place they dreamed me to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? This fight that, that, that I feel is, is, is coming or is here, it's nothing compared to the fights we've had in the past. Nothing. Like, do you understand? Like, they didn't consider us a whole person at one time. Now, I'm not saying things are, oh my God, so much better, right? Because, I mean, Malcolm X once said, you stick a nine-inch blade in my back, you pull it out six inches, that shit ain't progress. There has to be healing in order for it to be progress. So my question is, what is it that we have to heal to move forward from here? When I say we, I mean citizens of the United States. I don't just mean black people at this moment. What is it that we have to heal in order to move past this moment? My anxiety says it's too much. We can't do it. But in order for me to stay out of my depression and out of yesterday, out of my anxiety, out of tomorrow, I have to stay in this moment. So what in this moment do I need? And y'all, again, shout out to Ava DuVernay and Queen Sugar because y'all, I need love. I am touch-starved since this pandemic. I am just feeling so alone and unworthy of anything. And I, I just feel like I'm drowning in my own void, like emptiness, like no friends, no, no, no going out, no doing, like I've been... I've been beaten by my own focus. And, and I'll tell you what I mean by that is I have chosen to focus on so much negative shit that is happening in government, in society, in the state that I forgot what joy feels like. And, and I'll tell you right now, my anxiety tells me that if I get on TikTok or if I get on Instagram and I make a reel or I make a video about something joyous or something funny, motherfuckers are going to be like, yo, now ain't the time. But I feel like I'm running out of dedication. I, I feel like I just, I just want to lay down and, and let the time pass and, and just... You know, I don't know, pull the covers over my head, I guess. But what will that do? Again, what about the people who can't leave? 
What about how much further my life is from my ancestors? How about I am existing in a way that my ancestors asked for? And I have to remind myself there will come a time when I will be an ancestor. What legacy do I leave for those who might speak my way or pray my way or remember me someday? What legacy do I leave for them that I gave up? What? How do I... How do I go into my community and look my people in the face and those who are struggling in in a less fortunate experience? How do I look at them and say, I'm giving up? When I'm doing better than they are, when 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 I've progressed further, being the first in my family to, to attend college. How do I look at another family where no one has yet to go to college and say, give up, I am, I'm giving up. How do I do that? How do I do that and allow myself to live? I mean, really live, not just exist. But how do I live without showing people that justice, that love in public, that this is where we're going to go and this is what we're going to do because it is right. And it is not right because it's what I want. It is right because it's what people in my community need. I'll tell you something funny. Yeah, my, it's funny. It's, it's funny to me because my mother was a very direct and blunt person. So story time here. I said to my mother one day, Mom, you know, I, 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 never, I never thanked you. She said, John, what are you talking about? And I said, Ma, I never thanked you. You know, you had eight kids. There were eight kids. Eight kids in the fucking house. Eight kids in a two-bedroom apartment in the projects. Lower East Side of Manhattan. Eight kids. She was pregnant with me. And she had me. And I said, Mom, I never thanked you for taking on such an obvious struggle and, and keeping me alive and taking care of me all these years. And she said, John, don't, don't thank me. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? She said, John, you were born in 1970. Roe versus Wade didn't come out till 73. If Roe versus Wade was out just three years earlier, your ass wouldn't be here. And I busted out laughing. And my mother did not even crack a smile. She was dead ass serious. She was serious as fuck. And I said, Mom. And she said, I'm serious. If I was you, I'd be pro-life. Um, and I, I, you know, I didn't have that discussion with her because I, I understood where she was coming from. But, um, I said to her at that point, well, mom, yes, you gave birth to me because you had to, but you didn't have to keep me and I'm grateful you kept me. And this is what my mother said. Well, John, once I had you, you were my child. Ain't nobody going to touch my child. Boom. (laughs) So, so here's, what, what I want to say to you, right? We, we, I, I said last time that you have a divine right to exist. You have a divine right to live. 
and to enjoy your life. And here's something else I will say. This is your country. And don't let nobody touch your motherfucking country that ain't supposed to touch it. This is your country. This, this land of the indigenous, right? This land where more indigenous need to be running the courts, where more treaties need to be uh, um, um, returned to, revisited, uh, uh, rewritten, remixed, and, and, you know, replaced. Where those treaties need to be respected. This land, where we know black hands built most significant things here, where we know this economy came from forced and free black labor. This, your country, your country right here, where there have always been queer people. I say again, where there has always been queer people, even the Mayflower, even the Conquistadores, all of them. There have been queer people since the beginning, even in the indigenous cultures before anybody showed their ass here. This is your country. Don't let these people fuck up our shit. Don't let it happen. As tired as we are, as fed up as we are. I know four years of Trump took a lot of wind out of me, y'all. But Trump is still here. His, his judges are here. His little fucking minions are, are in Congress. These people are still here. And so we got to suit up and show up. And show out. It's time for a breather. Get in a meal. Go to the bathroom. Drink some water. Meditate. Say a prayer. Whatever the hell you got to do. And then get back in this. Because we are up against people who were willing to overthrow the government to get their way. So don't sleep. And please don't assume Republicans are stupid. Please don't. Because sometimes they're stupid as a fox. You know what I'm saying? Please don't sleep on these people. And don't sleep on yourself. Don't sleep on your voice, on your drive, on your ambition, on your willingness. We need to come together. We need to help those in our community. And shout out to Beth. You know who you are. Beth asked me how I was doing today, and I said, eh, I feel like the country's falling apart. She said, it is. And then she asked me, are you taking meds for your depression? Are you taking walks? Are you getting out of the house? Are you, you know, doing everything you need to do to take care of yourself? Are you reading? Are you writing? Are you painting? And I said, no. I don't want to do anything. She said, I wish I could do it all for you. And I said, me too. And that was the end of the conversation. And I said, why the hell would somebody have to live my life for me? Am I really, at 52 years old, am I really just going to lay here, lay down, and let them just walk all over me? 
Oh, hell no. No, that just, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I feel like if I don't fight, I feel like I'm just laying down and Mitch McConnell is just walking over me. Matt Gates is just walking over me. Donald Trump is just walking over I can't let that man. Hell no. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Can't let that happen. Can't let it happen. And I'll tell you what else helps me. Watching reels and videos of Amanda Seals on Instagram and on TikTok. Because she just brings it straight. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love her. Um, I, you know, she, she and, and a lot of the things that she says are things that I'm thinking. And I tell myself, nobody wants to hear that shit. But I want to hear it. I want to hear it from her. And I, But, you know, again, that's about that self-love. And, and that's a revolutionary. To love yourself is a revolutionary act. You want to be a revolutionary? You want to fight this fight? Start by loving yourself. Because if you love yourself, you believe that the things you want and need in this country are necessary. When you don't love yourself, it'd be nice to have those things, but it's okay if you don't. You, you, you feel what I'm saying? So you have to love yourself. You have to make sure you're taking care of your body, your mind, your heart. My mind, I have to read. I have to read. I have to read. I have to read. I have to write. I have to journal. There's poetry. There's, there's finishing my memoir. All of these things need to happen because these are things for my community. These are things for my legacy. My heart is the most difficult to take care of. It is so hard to ask for love, not for help, for love, even though help is a loving act. I need for people in my life who I am close to to tell me they love me. Haven't heard it in a while. And I have always, even as a child, I've always believed that love is the only way through. The only way through. Now, mind you, I was a child growing up at a time where it, it, was, it was recent when Dr. King was assassinated. So his speeches, his writings, the, the quotes, they were all over the place. You know what I mean? And I have always believed that love is the goal, is the purpose, and was the beginning. Love is the Alpha and the Omega. Love is God. I don't pray to some apparition floating above the clouds. I'm praying to love. I'm speaking to love to show me how to love others, how to love myself, how to love this life. So love, self-love is where it starts. Loving others is the end result. Breathe. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm here with you. We're going to get through this together. And Clarence, again, it's on sight, my brother. It's on sight. Y'all take care. <laughs>